Praise God. We have an awesome lesson today. It's on the authority to forgive. Amen. Our lesson text is found in Mark. I'm only going to read out of Mark. I'm not reading the book of Acts. It's part of our lesson today. But I'm going to Mark, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. And you can read Acts 5, 29 and 32 later. Amen. It's just a confirmation that God has given to us that he is and has all power and authority to forgive, to heal, to whatever. Amen. How many believe that today? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Mark, the second chapter, let's begin reading with the first verse and going down through the twelfth verse. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him bringing a sick, one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed within or wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there came a certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, and what doeth this man thus speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether it is easy, easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never saw it on this fashion. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Jesus' main mission and purpose is to seek and to save the lost. Amen. It's not to heal. It's not to do all these other miracles. That's not his main purpose. But he come to seek and to save the lost. That's his main purpose. Amen. He's looking for two things in us today. He's looking for faith and he's looking for determination. Amen. Uh, when we see in, in verse 5, it says, when he saw their faith. Amen. So many times we come and we ask God for different things, but I believe we go liking from receiving because God really does not see our faith. We don't like to, we all like to say, well, I've got faith. Amen. But God God sometimes, I believe, says different because we don't see what God said would happen if we have faith just as much as a grain of mustard seed. 
he saw their faith. Amen. And because he saw their faith, he was able to do what they came for. Amen. I want to, I want to have more than just a mouth faith. Amen. I want, more, I want it to come from down in here in my heart. Amen. Lord, I believe. And if, I'm, if I've got unbelief in there, help me with my unbelief. I want to get it out of the way. Amen. That when I come forth and, and I petition you for a certain thing, that we're going to be just like they were. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry to see immediate miracles in the church today again. Amen. I'm thankful for all those miracles that we've seen in the past and all those that we've heard about and we read and pick up the Word of God. But I don't, I, whenever I read the Word and I see miracles happen and, and I see uh, things going on that, that, that we want to see in our church today, it puts a fire down in my soul to grasp a hold to, of what God, He's still God. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he heal one sick of the palsy, he can do it again today, immediately. Immediately, amen. But he's looking for something. When God comes into this house, and I believe he's in the house, the Bible said that he was in the house. Amen. He was there in human form then. He's here in the spirit Today, amen. How many believe that God is in the house today? Amen. I believe that he's in this house for a reason and a purpose. He didn't just show up to come to Sunday school or to church today for no reason at all. But I believe he has got a reason and a purpose to be here. And that reason and purpose, he is looking for somebody to have some faith that he can see. Amen. More than just saying, I got it. He's looking and he's waiting and he's watching to see our faith. I don't want anybody to take this lesson wrong today uh, and get discouraged and say, well, I know I got faith. Amen. That, that man that had that young son, he knew he had faith, but he knew that there was probably unbelief there too. So he said, Lord, help doubt my unbelief. Amen. And, and so that's uh, we've got to get that unbelief out of the way if we want to see God do something. Amen. I said, we got to get that unbelief out of the way if we want to see something. And I don't know, I don't know of any other way to get it out of the way but prayer and fasting and seeking God's faith. Because God also tells us in his word, some of these things only come but by prayer and fasting. Amen. We don't like to crucify this old man. We like everything to just come easy, don't it? But it don't always come easy, amen. Sometimes we have to do some suffering ourselves even though the price has already been paid for our healing, our salvation, our deliverance, whatever it is. There's nothing that our God can't do. Amen. And he said, if you can only believe, all things are possible to those that believe and trust in the Lord. Amen. I know that we have miracles. We've seen people healed and we've seen stuff, but it's not, I don't think it's happening enough. Let me just put it, I don't think it happens enough. I believe every time we come to the house of God and God shows up, he's got something he wants to do. Amen. 
I believe he's got a miracle waiting on somebody today. I believe he's got salvation waiting on somebody today. I believe he's got a deliverance from anything that's got us bound down for us today. But how bad do we want it? Come on, I said, how bad do we want deliverance? How bad do we want a healing? How bad do we want salvation? We look around today, and if the world really wanted salvation, this is the place to get it. But where are they at today? I said, where are they at today? Amen. If people were really hungry for God in their lives and wanted a change in their lives, they would be on these pews crying out to God, Lord, forgive me of my sins and forgive me of all that I have ever done. I'm ashamed of myself. I want a change in my life. Amen. But until that person gets ready for a change in their life, and gets ready to be obedient to God's word, they will never be saved. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. Jesus caused a, a great stir in Capernaum the first time he visited after beginning his ministry in Matthew 4 and 13. It records he, he had recently moved there on the first Sabbath after arriving back into town, he and uh, four disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, went to the synagogue where Jesus was given the opportunity to teach. Now remember, this is important. They were in the church. They were in the synagogue. Okay, his teaching astonished the congregation. They had never heard anyone teach like him before. But suddenly Jesus was interrupted. A man cried out, but the voice wasn't human. A gurgling, snarling, demonic voice shouted, let us alone. Now they were in the church. Amen. And this voice cried out. And it tells me right there that at that point in time, the church didn't have enough of discernment of the Spirit or enough of the power of God to cast that devil out. Y'all getting quiet on me now. I don't know. When I first got in church, they didn't mind laying hands on you and casting devils out. And they didn't just let you go. They didn't let you go until they knew you were set free by the power of God. Amen. But today, people don't even want you to. Why is that spirit saying today in our churches that, that people don't come to Pentecost churches because they don't want nobody touching them? That's a demon from hell. I said, it's a demon from hell. Amen. I don't care what God had to do to me when I got ready for deliverance. I cried out, God, send somebody that's got the power to cast that devil out of me and set me free and get me delivered. Amen. I don't want to go back home like I came. I want to be delivered. I want to be set free. I don't want to carry this demon around, but I want to be delivered by the power of God. Amen. And church, that's where we got to get back to today, where we've got a discernment of the Spirit. Amen. And when the devil tries to show up, we men and women enough of God to take control over it. Amen. 
We're so worried about offending someone today. But you know what? If we don't offend the devil today, if we ain't got enough of power in the church today for the devil to feel uncomfortable in our church, then something is wrong with you and I as saints of God. We, the Bible says they turned the world upside down in the book of Acts. They didn't care who they offended. They went there for one purpose, the same purpose Jesus did. That was to seek and to save those which were lost. If the devil didn't like it, he didn't show up because he knew he was going to get bound and cast it out. Amen. And I'm here to say we got to quit letting the world offend us. If the devil don't like it, he won't show back up because he knows that we believe in the power of healing and deliverance and setting the captive free. The reason they don't want to show back up because they like where they're at and they're comfortable in their position and they can go down the road and find a church where they will be comfortable and the devil won't be upset. He can go to church with them and he won't be upset. I don't want a church like that. I want a church that believes in the power of the Holy Ghost to set people free. Let us alone. I don't know if you know it or not, but the same voice is still crying out today. Remember, they were sitting in the church. Today, the voice is saying, you're judging. You're judging. That is a voice from hell trying to make you and I feel condemned. For preaching the truth. You didn't hear me. That's a voice from the pits of hell. Amen. When I stand up here today, or that man of God stands up here today and preaches the word, I hope it convicts my heart. I hope it convicts your heart. I'm not here condemning you. I'm here to convict you. Amen. That you can be delivered. That you can get a better hold on the promises of God. Amen. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and myra. It goes to the deepest depths. It, it does not leave anything without being touched. And it is also a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. Jesus knew what the people were thinking even before they even spoke it out loud. He knows the intent of our heart right now. Oh, we might fool somebody else, but you ain't going to fool the Holy Ghost. 
I said, you ain't gonna fool the Holy Ghost, amen. Sometimes I think we are fooled by just speaking in tongues and think it's the Holy Ghost, amen. But we're left without any power, amen. I don't want just tongues. I want Holy Ghost fire tongues, tongues of fire, tongues that will discern, tongues that will let me know what kind of spirit I am dealing with, amen. I can speak in tongues all day and people will go home bound. But give me wisdom and knowledge and understand understanding that whenever the captive come in here, they won't leave like they came. And we'll have discernment and know how to handle that spirit. God's been dealing with me with a message for quite a while. And it tied into Wednesday night when I was speaking and and it ties into this lesson, so I may not get to preach it here, but maybe he's got somewhere else to preach it, but you're going to get it today, and maybe next week too, because I have no idea that I will ever finish this message today, amen. Let us alone, that's what the devil wants, that's what a lot of churches want, just make us happy. Put some music on the organ and the piano that we can shout with and run up and down the aisles and we'll go home still bound. Forget the run in the aisles. Forget all this other stuff. If I'm not going to be set free, what good is that going to do me anyhow? Anybody can run. Anybody can shout. Anybody can do all this. I love it all, but that's not my purpose. That's not what I'm here for. I want to be delivered. I want to be set. I want to be set free by the power of God Almighty. I want the power over the devil, and I can help it's my brother, my sister, and set them free by the power of Jesus' name. Timothy said in 2 Timothy 3rd chapter, I'm sorry I didn't get all these down today, but anyway, in, in the, uh, 2 Timothy 3 and 5, he said, they have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Don't be a part of it. Don't be caught going to churches that don't believe in the power of the Holy Ghost and set an example. Amen. Stay in the church where they believe. I don't care if they ain't but two or three on the pew. If they believe in the power of deliverance, the power to set people free, then hang in there. Amen. I don't want a compromising church that will not preach the truth. Amen. That's going to set people free and deliver them. Amen. Having a form of godliness won't set the people free. Only truth will set us free. Truth will change our lives. Truth will go before us, a light under our path and a lamp under our feet. Truth will guide us into all righteousness and holiness and separation from the world. Amen? Praise God. 
Compromise will not. Compromise will let us sit on the pew just like we come. Amen. Compromise will leave us there filled with depression, oppression, filled down and out, wondering why I'm not having any joy anymore wondering why there's no peace in my life anymore when the truth come out of that preacher's mouth that night amen it set me free when they laid hands on me and bound every evil force from hell I didn't come up the same way I went down but I come up with joy in my soul I come up shouting I come up praising I didn't leave there the same way I came I wanted to tell somebody what Jesus done for me I wanted to tell my family I wanted to tell my friends that I used to run around with amen soon I found out a lot of them didn't even want to hear what I had to say so I had a choice to make I could just go back with my old friends or find a church where they didn't believe in all that stuff. I'd done come out of two or three churches like that. I never was happy. But finally one day God led me to a church that believed in the power of deliverance. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The truth that made me free, hallelujah. Amen. His teachings astonished the congregation. I wonder what kind of effect people have in on congregations this morning as they gather together. Is it a same old message? Is it a same old just uh, a form of godliness but denying the power thereof? But I wonder how many is going to walk out of here uh, set free by the power of God and his word. Don't look at the preacher to do it. Don't look at each other to do it. But look to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the only one that's going to set you free. Amen. If he chooses to use me I want to be a clean open vessel uh, that there won't be no problem from him to flow through me into somebody else uh, hallelujah but if he just wants to speak the word uh, or if he just wants to send the word the Bible says he sent the word to heal amen I believe God don't even have to be there for you to get it today amen he can send his word and if you believe the word you will be delivered and set free by the power of God because God is the word and the word shall set you free hallelujah if we believe the word amen they were astonished they were stunned they never heard nothing like that before amen has anybody ever heard a demon scream out you don't have to be afraid amen I don't have to be afraid of the devil. Amen. Amen. We all probably had one at one time or another. Sometimes he slips back in, don't he? When that old tongue gets to rattling. Come on. When you get a little bitterness in your heart, that same devil that come back in got to go back out. Come on. If you let him hang around, he's going to bring some more with him. You might as well get rid of him from the beginning. Don't let hatred, bitterness, jealousy, envy, strive, or none of these things get into your heart because you're just getting worse and worse off. It ain't going to get no better until you get the power and the love of God back into your heart. Amen. Until your soul has been redeemed again and set free from the bondages of sin. Woo. 
Jesus had already amazed the crowd with his teaching. He amazed them even more with his power. He, cla- he calmly looked at the man and commanded the demon to hold his peace and come out of him. And, and when I'm talking about casting out demons, we ain't got to go. We ain't got to slap them and push them down. We ain't got to shake them. We ain't got all that. You ain't going to get it out. You ain't going to get that devil out. He's just going to be laughing you all the way. You might even shove him down, but he's going to get back up. Amen. You got to cast him out by the power of Jesus' name. Amen. You got to speak the word in faith, believing. Amen. Speak the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Take authority. Take authority. That's what we, the church, has got to learn. God has given us power to take authority over the devil. We don't have to be bound by the enemy. We don't have to carry around these demons but we can be delivered and people can be delivered by the power of Jesus name God gives us the power he said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you power to become witnesses wherever you go there's no greater witness to see a demon had to run And somebody set free. There's no greater witness. What drew the most crowds in Jesus' day? It's when Jesus healed the sick and set the captive free. Amen. Amen. Not just healing the sick, but when he he delivered somebody and saved their soul. Amen. Amen. That's when people begin to gather around. Why was that house so full that day? Because God was in the house. God was in the house. They wasn't just having church, Brother Russell, but God was in the house. Hallelujah. It's a difference, Brother Chris, when we have church or when God's in the house. When God's in the house, something's going to happen. I said, when God's in the house, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to be delivered. Somebody's going to be set free. The power of God. God is actually in this house today, walking up and down the aisles. He's looking for somebody's faith to be strong. He's looking for a determination. I ain't going to give up. I ain't going to give up. I ain't going to quit. I'm going to keep on until God takes control and delivers me and sets me free. We get some little panty poop prayers. We come up here and we're expecting him or me or somebody else to deliver us and set us free. We got more eyes on the man that's praying or the people that are praying than we do have on God. Our mind is more on people than it is on God. And that's why you go on home and that's why I go home not having what God has promised on me. It's when we get our eyes on him. You know what? We're here for support. We couldn't heal a fly unless Jesus does it through us. And Jesus ain't going to use either one of us if we're going to take all his glory. Come on, and we're going to take all the honor for it. Amen. We go back down to the altar again because we can't heal a fly. Amen. Without God's help. 
But by God's grace and mercy and help, we can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens us. He is my only strength. I've told Brother Paul and I've told others that are, that are now up here teaching, and they said, I'm so afraid. I said, that's good. Amen. Godly fear is good. God wants us to have a certain amount of fear whenever we get up there because we know we got to depend on God if we even open our mouth and get anything out. Hallelujah. If you've never been there, you ought to try it. Amen. You won't want to be up there without God when all them eyeballs are out here looking at you. Amen. And expecting something out of you. But it's when we learn to lean upon that everlasting arm. Sister Rhonda, he had never fail me. Amen. I shake every time I got to get up here. Amen. But once I get behind that sacred desk and I open up the word of God and God's word becomes out of my mouth, all fear is gone because the Holy Ghost takes over. Amen. And begins to speak what he wants me to say. I got notes too and I write them down because there's a thief in the house. His name is the devil and he'll steal every thought that you have. So I learned a long time ago, don't try to get up there without some notes. But I don't depend on them notes. They are a helper to me. But I want to just turn loose and let the Holy Ghost speak what he wants to speak. Never left me up here by myself when I leaned on him and depended on him. He'll see you through every situation that you have to go through. Amen. But we can't allow the spirit of fear to keep us from obeying God's will for our life. Amen. He, he calmly looked at the man and commanded the demon the holiest peace and come out, Mark 1, 25. Immediately the demon came out. The crowd had never seen a man demonstrate such authority that a demon would obey a human, being, but being just because he told him to come out and to leave. The congregation had a lot to talk about. Later, Jesus gave them even more to talk about when the service was over he went to Peter's house and found Peter's mother-in-law sick in the bed with fever, which with a simple touch, Jesus healed her. News quickly spread of this miracle. Amen. We do have miracles in this church. But how many times do we just kind of forget about them? How many people do we go home that very day and say, oh, you ought to have been in the house of God today. God healed somebody of cancer. God healed somebody of the flu. God healed somebody's leg today. God touched somebody's mind today. This is what excites the people of our children. They're looking for something to help them make it through the day. They ain't looking till tomorrow or the next day. They just want to get through the day. Amen. And so when they can't find the 
the right thing. They turned to drugs. They turned to alcohol. They turned to this. They turned to pills. They turned to all kinds of things. Amen. But that's not what God has designed for them to do. God has called you and I out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he has given us a testimony that we need to share often, more often than we do. Amen. How many of us have, have shared your testimony lately to a sinner that was bound just like you were and, and told him how God delivered you and set you free from the bondages that you were under. Some of you was alcohol, some was drugs, some was depression, some was other things in your life. But no matter what your situation is, the King of kings and the Lord of lords that I serve is able to do abundantly above all that we can ask or think of him. Amen. You don't have a problem that God can't solve. You don't have a need that God can't meet. You're not important to God. You are important to God. Amen. What you're going through today, God cares about your situation. He said, I promise I, I will never leave you. My God, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll walk through the storm with you. I'll go through every trial with you. I'll be there in every situation that you're facing. All you got to do is learn how to lean upon me. Amen. God wants us to lean on him, not to the arm of flesh, not to our own understanding. Quit trying to figure it out. Turn it over to God. He he is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And the most important, he is our comforter. He gives us peace in the midst of the storm. When the devil wants to turn the ship upside down, remember Jesus came walking on the water. And he spoke to the storm. And it had to cease. I couldn't do that, Brother Paul. You can't do that. But Jesus could. And not only did he calm the storm, but he reached out his hand to old Peter and said, come on out if you want to come out. Is your faith strong enough? Try walking on the water and we'll see how much faith we got. <laughs> We're all looking kind of funny now. Amen. Well, at least Peter did have enough to get out. He started, he got there. But all of a sudden, he got his eyes off of Jesus again. Church, we can't get our eyes off of Jesus. We will sink again. And this just a lesson. God is not condemning nobody for how much or how less faith they got. He's trying to teach us how to have more faith. Amen. Don't look at the ways. They may be still out there. They may still be. Don't look at your situation. Don't look at your sickness. Look at Jesus and let Jesus take care of the things that he can do. And he can do it all. But when we get our eyes back off in Jesus, what are we going to do? We're going under again. Here we go again. How many times have I had to fight my way up and said, Save me, Lord. Save me. I'm sinking again. I'm sorry. Forgive me for getting my eyes off of you. Forgive me thinking I could take control of this thing when I had to give it to you in the first place. She was there that time. Please help me again. You know what? 
I can't read. We let anyone drown because they're unbelief. When they reached out and cried out to him again, he would pick them back up and help them out of their problems again. That's the kind of God we're serving today. Amen. With a simple touch, Jesus healed her body, Peter's mom's body. News quickly spread of the miracle and of what had happened earlier at the synagogue. <clears throat> that evening, the whole town gathered, uh, gathered where Jesus was and brought all who were sick or demon-possessed with him. They didn't just go to church and get what they needed and forgot about church or anything else. They went out and they began to gather everybody they knew and said, look, we had miracles going on in our church today. We had somebody healed of this or that or the other. And I know if you will come and let God take control, he's going to do the same for you. we got to convince them, church. And not only convince to get them here, but we want to see the power of God do what God said he was going to do once they get here. Amen. People have been told that for a long time, but they walk in and out the same way they came. That's not what we want in this church. When we tell them God does, God does. And we got to first believe it ourselves. I said, we got to first believe it ourselves. Amen. I don't care if you're coming up here with cancer or whatever it is that's bothering your body, uh, whatever you're going through with. We have got to be convinced that our God can heal and will heal if we can just but touch the hem of his garment. He didn't just do it for one. He did it for us all. Just like salvation. Somebody told me. And I've told my testimony a lot of times. Don't have to tell it again. But I was a young man, 19 years old, living by myself in Beaumont. Just got me an apartment, a job, ready to have fun. Having on a mom and daddy's house. And all of a sudden, something started happening to me that I didn't have any idea what was going on in my life. I've always been a homeboy, so I thought it was homesick already. Ain't even been away from mama a week or two. My God, you'd think I'd be ready to have some fun. And I was till all this started happening. But I had an old grandma and a grandpa and a, a church with 13 old people in it. So it don't matter if you're old today, your prayers are still effective. We might not run the aisles anymore, but you can still pray. And your prayers can touch the hem of his garment. You still got power. Amen. You might not pick up a, a, a water bucket and run across the yard with it anymore, but you can sure get a hold of the hem of his garment and be determined, devil, you ain't getting my kids. Devil, you ain't getting my grandkids. Devil, I'll come against you in the power of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You still got the power. Amen. Elders of our church, let me encourage you to day. You are not useless. You are wanted. You are needed in this church because the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. Amen. So I quit my job. Oh Lord. When 
I saw Mama's eyes. I knew I done made a mistake. And I walked into that. What are you doing here? I don't know. I guess I was just homesick. I quit my job. You done what? I don't know. She said, well, I know. Roll up your sleeves and get in the dish pan. She, wore, she ran a little cafe in Votaw. That was the last words I wanted to hear. We have to pay a price sometime, don't we? Needless did I know there had been a revival going on at that little church where my grandparents went already for three weeks straight every night. That's desperation. That's determined. We're going to have revival. But it takes people to have a revival, not just a preacher. Come on. takes faithful saints of God that are hungry too. Amen. I mean, we do good if we make it Sunday, skip Monday, maybe Tuesday and Wednesday, and then next Sunday. We've been in revival a whole week. We ain't done it. Count them days. It don't amount to a week. Come on, church. You're getting quiet on me now. <laughs> Amen. We're, I, I, what God is trying to do is open up our eyes. How desperate are we? Come on. How desperate, how determined are we? Amen. Well, I got there in the middle of the revival. The revival went six weeks straight every night. Poured down rain every night. But people were getting healed. Fifty got the Holy Ghost in that revival with 13 old age people praying. Y'all looking at me so funny this morning. I mean, it was almost like the day of Pentecost around there. Fifty people got filled with the Holy Ghost, just 13 members in that church. Amen. I was one of the 50, and I didn't know nothing about no Holy Ghost. I was so far 50 miles away from the revival. Didn't even know they was having a revival. But my grandma touched the hem of his garment and said, I won't give up on him. Wherever he's at, I know your arm is not short. Do whatever you got to do. And God did whatever he had to do. He convicted me. He made me quit my job. He moved me back home. I got put in a dishpan, but somebody came along who wasn't even a Christian at that time and said, why don't we go down there and watch what's going on? People are getting the Holy Ghost. They're speaking in tongues. People are getting healed. Well, that was about the most exciting thing that I could think of was going on in Votal, Texas. I never will forget the day, first day I come into that church. I'd sit on the back seat, the walls, the pews were up against the wall. Old wooden pews that would pinch you. If somebody moved on the other end, they would swing around like this. And I'm telling you, there was a lot of moving going on in that revival. It wasn't no dead revival. And I was sitting way back over here in the corner. Because I didn't want nobody throwing nothing on me. I didn't want no preacher coming after me. That was the demon in there. You know what they're going to do. They're going to throw something on you, and that preacher's going to come get you, drag you down to the altar, and they're going to make you speak in them tongues and all this kind of stuff. That's what the same thing he's telling people today. A lie. He is a liar. 
and the father of it. Amen. But they want to know the truth. They got to see the truth. And they're going to see it in me and you. Because we're going to show them what the truth is. Amen. You can be set free. It's not nobody's going to throw nothing on you. Nobody's going to yank you down at the altar. If you want God, we want you to come to them altars. If God deals with you and you want us to go to that altar with you, we will go to that altar with you. And we sure going to pray with you. Amen. I ran the third night, not the second, not the first night, not the second night. But every night, this week I was moving us a little closer. And what's that old song? When I was in doubt, I left there with a shout, something got a hold of me. Y'all don't know that song? I thought it was Pentecostal, but I guess it was Baptist or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's what it was, the X. <laughs> They didn't give me nothing in that handshake I got. I don't know what they gave the rest of them to make them stay there as long as they have. But they didn't give me nothing. They give it all away before I got there, I think. But anyway, something else was drawing me down the road. Amen. But I never will forget, that, and I'm going to be closing here in a minute. This is going to be a two-service message Sunday. I remember I was sitting halfway down the church aisle, and that preacher that we had was a lady preacher and I don't know if you believe this until a lot of people it'll sound like something off the wall but her phone rang one day and somebody on that phone said come to Votaw for revival so her and her husband got ready Sunday night they showed up at the church and they sat on the back pew the pastor went back said hello my name is so and so and they say, we are the evangelists that y'all call for revival. And he said, we didn't call nobody for no revival. They've been praying for revival. But he not called nobody personally. He, she said, somebody named Mary called me on the phone and said, come to Votaw for revival. His daughter's name was Mary. So we went and got her, introduced her. She said, I have no idea. I do not know this people. But they knew it was God. See, we need the discernment. We need the discernment of spirit. Amen. We can have evangelists. We can have people, but we want a revival. Come on. We always get our souls fed, every preacher that comes. But we've heard enough of gospel. We need to get this gospel out. We need something that's going to draw people in. And not just draw them in. That's something that they're going to get something that's going to keep them here. Are you tired of praying for people that they always wind up somewhere else? Well, that's okay. I'm glad they're going somewhere, but I'd rather, if I'm, if I'm spending all that energy, I'd like to see one or two stick around every once in a while. Come on, church. Amen. But nevertheless, they started that six weeks revival. It went on for six whole weeks, 50 people. We went out to Menard Creek. If you don't know where Menard Creek, come to my house, and I'll show you. It's very cold. It's cold. That creek was lined up with people getting baptized. The wrong way, but they were getting baptized. But you know what? God says, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. And if you're open to God, God's going to lead you to the fullness of the truth. 
My life has been a journey, a journey to get where I'm at today. But 30, I guess close to 30 years ago, God put me in this church. And I sat under Brother and Sister Wallace probably for a whole year before I even made a move to even do anything and listen to Brother Wallace teach truth to me with love and compassion. He never beat nothing down on my head. He never tried to force me to get in the water to be baptized. He never tried to change my whatever. He preached truth, but he preached it with love and compassion. You see, that's where it all starts when we preach him. We got to preach with we got to preach the truth first of all, but we got to preach it with loving compassion where people will want what we got. We cannot force anybody to change their ideas, their dress, their whatever. And we don't want to. If you've got to be forced to do it, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. But when you come in and you sit under truth and a true preacher that preaches truth with love and compassion, Step by step, God's going to convict you and God's going to bring you where he wants you. And when God does it, you will be there. You will be grounded and rooted in the faith and in the power of God's might. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. I don't know of anyone that's ever been forced, forced to change their lives, have stuck. But it's because of God's power. It's because of a hungry, it's because of a desire and a determination and faith in Jesus Christ that we all have changed. Have we all been perfect? No. Have any of us ever stumbled and failed? Probably all of us. All of us. Anybody ever stumbled and failed? You don't have to be ashamed to raise your hand. You human. You human. Amen. We've all stumbled and failed. But that's where mercy and grace steps in. And mercy and grace never leaves you down. Picks you up and carries you and helps you get back on your feet again. But one thing we got to do, God ain't going to do it all by himself. And I'm closing. God ain't going to do it all by himself. He expects me and you to do part of it. You say, well, brother, I've tried to get rid of this time and time again. Keep trying. Throw it down. Be determined. Be determined. The devil's going to tempt you. The hardest thing I ever gave up was cigarettes. It had me so bound I could not. I snuck and I hit them. God knew. He knew where they were. I wasn't hiding them. I was hiding it from people. I wasn't hiding it from God. But I'd sneak over there and I'd get one. And if I ever took a puff off of it, it makes me sick to even think about I did that. But I did. But one day God said, okay, it's me or them. God gave me a choice. I had a choice to make. Was it easy? No, because my mama smoked. She made me work in the cafe. She would sit on one end. I'd try to stay away from that smoke. Always made its way right under my nose. And I would go... But I kept fighting. Thank God today I have been delivered and set free from the power of the enemy. We've all got a testimony. 
We've all had struggles. Sometimes we make it feel like, make people think, well, y'all never have a struggle. Y'all never have a battle. That's not true. It don't hurt to confess truth and tell people you've had a struggle. You've had a battle. But you ain't quitting and you ain't giving up. I'm going to finish this lesson, God wills, next week. Only got on the first page. But I think and I believe that, that God has got something in it for all of us to help us to grow stronger in him. I want to grow stronger. How about you? Amen. I want to grow stronger. God bless you this morning. We change the order of service. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them you're so glad that they're here this morning.